joining the amigos on this week's episode of the getting to know you podcast series we have the chief from fbl hints With the Amigos now, we have the chief of FPL, who you should all know and follow on his Twitter account, at FPL Hints. The chief is a former producer, of course, of the Fan Feud podcast, and he's been a regular guest on our show over the years. Chief, are you are you ready for the grilling from the three Amigos? Yeah, hi, hi, Donica. Thank you for having me on this show for the first time. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll, um, get the roasting going. <laughs> um, so we'll kick straight into it, okay? So we've got 20 of the best questions, basically, that um, that will identify exactly who you are, Chief, for all of the people in the FPL community. So um, <laughs> first up, I'm going to ask you to describe yourself in three words for me. So the first the first way I describe myself is um, I can be a very addictive person. If there's something that I like, you know, I'll really silo myself in and really, you know, get into that and i guess that puts me uh onto point number two i'm you know i can get very passionate about something if i like it and i'm addicted to it i can be very passionate and then point number three i I like to learn things i'm not sure if that's really describing word but you know it's inquisitive i guess you could describe it as yeah 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 I, i like to learn things um you know knowledge is power as they say nice one chief where are you from and what do you do for, for living? I live in the home counties and I work in the home counties. Uh, prior, prior to that, you know, I pretty much, you know, worked and studied in London for over 10 years. But um, in terms of what I do, I work in the travel tech se- sector and I work in marketing. All right, Chief, it's Shift Deal. Uh, my question Hello. is, how and when did you first get into FPL and football in general? So FPL, I got into it in 2007 when my friend introduced me to it. And I thought, oh, great, you know, fan- you know, fantasy football. Oh, that must be like football manager or championship manager. I'm really good at those games. So, um, you know, sort of got rustled into it and I was rubbish. <laughs> At FPL, you know, I picked random players like Anderson, Mascherano, um, and you know, I, I I didn't get the game, didn't understand about the, the obsession about clean sheets, goals and assists. Um, so that that was my inaugural season. I, I didn't really, I, yeah, I, I took uh, was I a casual manager? I probably was, but I also tried taking it seriously, but I was rubbish, just didn't get the game. But in terms of football. I've pretty much my I can't remember football before the Premier League era. So for me, football was invented in 1992, you know, with the um, Merlin football stickers, the Premier League on not on terrestrial, you know, on satellite TV. Um, That's that's when football began for me. And that's my reference point from the start of football. But FPL 2007 Gate packed, packed in, packed it in when I didn't do well. Went back to football manager, but then I got reintroduced to it in 2010, and that's when I shifted from being a casual manager 
to an addict and then gradually began my journey of blogging and here I am today. Um, okay, we'll move on to the next question, Chief. Um, and this is a simple one. What's your highest ever FPL finish? 2011-2012 season, I finished 110th in the world. Going into game week 38, I was ranked 73rd. I had a very good possibility of finishing in the top 50. I captained Aguero. And we know what he did on that famous day when Man City won the league. He scored that injury time winner. But I also stupidly took a hit and I bought Juan Mata in, who didn't play because Chelsea had the Champions League final the week after. Um, So I actually went backwards. I went from 73rd to 110th. But, you know, Aguero's goal um, was, you know, enough to still give me a very decent rank out there and it made ensured that I didn't fall back and in in that season when I finished 110th I was extremely lucky and although I wasn't a casual manager anymore I was still quite new to FPL and you know I wasn't afraid of taking risks I'd captain you know I'd captain Theo Walker I'd captain you know when when he wasn't that great I'd captain um Martin Petrov during a double game week. I, I took, you know, crazy risks, you know, things that the so-called elite uh, managers, the addicts, you know, they wouldn't do that. They play boring, they play safe, and that's why they're the best. But, you know, I took a crazy, you know, crazy amount of risks. I got extremely lucky. And, um, you know, that's that's why I, I did so well during that season. And it, it, it basically built the platform for me to then carry on this journey whereby I'm still addicted to FPL, um, you know, six years later. And uh, Chief, in, in those in those six years or so, what's your best memory apart from finishing 110th in the world, which is a great achievement? I, I wouldn't say memory necessarily, but I would say like a, you know, the, fe- the best feeling that I have with FPL, it's, you know, it's not about the points. It's not about having a green arrow, but it's about the community. It's about knowing. There are other people out there who dedicate their Saturday mornings and Saturday afternoons and Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons, etc., um, to fantasy football. And they have that same passion and they have that same addiction as you. And, you know, you're not alone. And that feeling is something that I really do treasure in the community. And it, in a weird way, it keeps me going as well. So my question, Chief, is what do you like most about the game and what do you dislike the most? I like green arrows the most <laughs> and I dislike red arrows the most. No, um, what I like, what I hate about the game, dislike about the game is the fact that you really, you know, ultimately you can't control what your players do. It's not really a game. It's a lot of it. Part of it is skill. You know, the way you cultivate your team and you have strategies and whatnot. But I hate the fact that you could on paper build a brilliant team, you know, premium strikers, power seven but then they might all of them have off day and you know you have a horrible red arrow i really do hate that part of the game where you don't ultimately control what your players do i absolutely detest that and what i like about the game is when all that planning and hard work actually clicks and comes into play um you know that that you get get a brilliant feeling but there is a fine line between a green arrow and a red arrow. And that, that ultimately makes FPL what it is today. 
And I, I would say that, you know, those are the two things that spring to mind when I think about the game as well. Brilliant answer. Good stuff, Chief. Um, this is a good one now. You're the boss at FPL for one day. I'm sure you've t- answered this many times before, but um, you can change you can change one rule or feature in the game. What is it? I think the the biggest issue FPL has right now is the fact that a lot of people who are you know casual managers burn out when they play the game, and they do so after. You know, might, they might have you know a couple of bad game weeks. Christmas time, they miss out on the you know the fixture rush, and then they just burn out or they just give up. And I think FPL has missed a trick in not addressing that issue because you know from the stats I've seen, come May um, of almost every season I've played, you know the, the rate is probably you know, 70 or 80 percent the dropout rate of the managers who've just given up on the game. So what I propose is that FPL offers like a lifeline chip, a mulligan chip, shall we say, whereby if if you've had a shocking bad game week, then FPL would redress that by giving you, um, let's say, you know, the average score was 50 and you scored 20. It would give it would give you redress and it will give you those extra points to feel that difference. You know, that, that obviously, you know, some people would say, oh, that's a cop out. You're just giving people free points. But I, I would say it would make the game more engaging and it would also ensure that more people play the game longer. And, you know, that's in the interest of everyone, in my opinion. Uh, Chief, people like Don would need that chip every week. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, moving on, Chief. Um, great insight, by the way. Uh, what? How would you describe yourself as an FBL manager in three words? If you asked me this question in 2012, I would describe myself in a completely different way. Now, I would describe myself as safe. Boring and conservative. Sadly, that's what I've become. Um, <laughs> old and old and boring, chief. Now that's what you are. Yeah, S- sadly, that's that's what you, that's what's come of me. I, I, yeah, but I've, if you try and be exciting, chief, you end up with a rank like man. So. Wow. Well, that's it. Do you know, for me, I, I'll tell you why I I say that. I've become risk averse. You know, you get these moments in FPL. You might have a bad game week and. You know, you think, oh, I've got to be a bit more careful. I had that moment on Boxing Day 2014. And we all know what happened then, don't we, lads? What happened? Olivier Giroud, (laughs) (laughs) and he got a red card. And I captained him on that day. I took a hit. I sold Rooney. He scored a brace against Newcastle United. And I lost a hell of a lot of points on that day. And I was ranked like 6K. I was ranked. I haven't. I've never been ranked that high since then, and it made me risk averse. It, you know, it was like that was the last time I, I had a mindset where I could be cavalier and take risks. So, you know, from the days of you know Monday night football captains, you know, captaining Ben Teke, ben, captaining Ross Barkley, you know, you look back and think, why would he captain those people? Uh, well, you know, I, I did that, and it paid off for me back then. But you know, over time. For me, it's it's about you know stop it. It's adopting the template team. It's playing boring because I've come to I've come to learn that you know 
the best managers are boring. The best managers don't take risks when it comes when it comes to the captain pick. Because if you do, like, like Del, you've you've alluded to it there. You know, if you do take risks, your rank is going to be at risk. That's oh, yeah. for me. I, I I always aspire to finish in the top one percent. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, you know, percentages this, percentages that. I want to finish in the top one percent. And if it means playing boring, if it means you know planning ahead and not taking too many risks, then so be it. But then at the same time. I do like to take a little risk here and there still. You know, I've got Bernardo Silva in my team, which didn't pay off, but, you know, I've got him. So from time to time, I will take a calculated risk. But, um, yeah, I have to be boring yeah. now. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. I mean, I've I've tried to play really cavalier this season. Um, mm. It's paying off now, but my rank's that low that it, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. But I tried to play Cavalier from day one, and, mm. it's, and it's really hurting, really hurting. But you've got nothing to lose. If you're if you're ranked lower than you you know ought to be, then you know you you can just go for it. So in that sense, you're you know you're cut cut loose to do that. But I think the biggest issue I've had, and I, I wouldn't call it an issue, I, uh, something I've noticed is over the past few seasons, more people are becoming um, addicts. More people are getting clued up on FPL with you know the useful tools and stats are out there. So as more people play the game and as more people get better at it and as more people become addicted, it becomes all the more harder to finish higher up the ranks. And it necessitates for you to play boring if you want to do well. That's you know that's that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, following on from that, this, this is a good follow-up question. Uh, what is your target each season in FPL? And do you have a mini league that you look to first? I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I really, for me, mini leagues, um, I don't really care where I finish in mini leagues. And obviously, you know, you get, you get, you get, you know, you, you get those leagues where, you know, you've got your friends, you've got, you know, people you're really close to and you, you want to do well in them, of course. But for me, it's about overall rank. It's about finishing in that top 1%. I'm playing against the world as much as I'm playing against my mates. Um, so if you said to me, oh, you finished top of your uh, mini league with a bunch of casual managers, but I'm ranked 500K, that wouldn't really mean much. Do I play cash games? Um, do I, uh, you know, mini leagues with cash? I haven't really played any today in FPL, but I have entered quite a lot of leagues where there is a prize up for grabs. So, you know, that is a motivation of mine. Um, but, yeah, it is it is about the overall rank and it's about finishing in that top 1%. That's what I aspire to do. Yeah, your your real um, target every year, Chief, is just to finish ahead of me. We all know that's the truth. And um, <laughs> nothing you've said beforehand doesn't mean anything to us. <laughs> what is the next question is what is the thing you must do before each deadline so um it could be read a blog or look at data or listen to the three amigos podcast um even that that's changed over the years of what i used to do in terms of my preparation so but before each deadline something i didn't really do much in the past but i do now i have to um not not watch each press conference, but I have to know what the main takeaways are in each of the Premier League press conferences before the weekend and usually take you know happens on a Friday morning and Friday afternoon. And 
you know, there are a lot of accounts out there that summarize, you know, such as you know, Ben Dinnery and others who summarize the press conferences. So for me, knowing about the injury news on a Friday um, bodes well because it gives me that extra insight in my decision making. Do I read blogs? Do I look at data? Listen to podcasts? I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to because I, I simply don't have the time anymore. Even with blogs, I, I seldom do it, but I will look at stats from the Premier League website. I'll look at the Who Scored website and also the Transfer Market website. In particular with them, I go on their performance data when I get the time. And if I'm if I want to know, you know the position a, a player is actually playing, you know, are they out of position? Um, I would go on there to see what they put as the average positioning for a player. So a good example of that, well, I say good example, didn't work for me, was, you know, Arthur Masuaku before I bought him, um, before he got his six game suspension. I bought him in conjunction with the double game weeks off the back of three clean sheets. And I was really keen to know how he was playing. And they would they described him as playing in an almost out of, you know, out, out of position role, practically as a midfielder. He's listed as a defender. I bought him, you know that influenced me so you know stuff like that which you wouldn't get on all websites is something that motivates me but i simply don't have the time to read through the streams of different articles and people have written some high quality content there are some fantastic podcasts out there but as time goes on i i just don't have the time to read all of those things sadly great stuff chief um when it comes to choosing your captain and deciding on transfers how and when do you usually do that so for me you know, once any midweek cup games have taken place, once the press conferences have happened, it's usually around that time. I factor in the information I have at hand, the, the form data I have at hand. It's it's then when I look at what needs um, redressing or addressing in my team that I make those decisions. So often I'd look at my team and the first question I would ask is, do I need to make any additional changes to my first eleven? If it's no, I won't make any transfers and then I'll roll it for the week after. Um, but that's not often the case, unfortunately. Um, I, I would look at the high, highly owned players that are being bought. And if there's a necessity for me to buy them because they've, let's say, got good form, they've got good upcoming fixtures and they're highly owned, it's almost like a must for me to buy them. Um, so, you know, their the ownership levels their form and upcoming fixtures play a big role in that. And in terms of captaincy, it, it sort of relates to those things as well. You know, what's the form, what's the percentage and what's the fixture? And then it's a case of, you know, good old gut instinct. You've got to ultimately go with what you think feels right and do your best to not make a last minute change on your bench or on your captaincy. So, you know, you, you factor in a lot of things, but ultimately, you know, ultimately, the best approach is to not overthink it and go with what you feel, think feels right. Good stuff, Chief. So on that note, do you have any no-go players or teams? No. You, not you even know, Olivier every... Giroud? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Olivier Giroud, I, I sort of banned him. I actually wrote on my blog I would never buy him again. And I did buy him, oddly enough, a year later um, when he had a good one for Arsenal. The December after, and he actually scored a brace, I think, on one of the matches I had him. But 
but I bottled it in captaining him. So, you know, I, I, I can forgive and forget in FPL as well. But in all honesty, you know, you can't you can't have any biases. You've got to have an open mind when it comes to picking players, even if they've treated you badly in the past. And you say, I'm not going to buy him again. I'm not going to buy him again. I mean, you know, Sergio Aguero, there was a time around this time last year when uh, Jesus came to the fore and Aguero wasn't starting that many matches. I even tweeted out at one point, I think this could be the end of Aguero. I stupidly said that. But then, you know, things happen, things change. And a player who isn't viable one week, but was viable previously, might become viable again. So you've got to be careful in stereotyping players and also making assumptions about teams. You've got to break and shatter that mirage of what you think a player is, what you think a team is, as opposed to what the form table says. And that should ultimately sway your, you know, your decision making. Some people were saying about Aguero, not that recently. Oh, Aguero, he's a nostalgia, you know, a nostalgia pick. He's he's not going to do well. And look what he did. He scored a hat trick and four goals and a, a single goal in in the the weeks gone by. So you've got to look at things not with rose tinted glasses. Are they in form? Do you think they're going to do good in the week ahead? Well. That's gonna, you know, that's that should make your mind up, as opposed to, as as opposed to what your assertions are. Yeah. Which Chief, means, Chief, there's no way I'm bringing Troy Dean ever back to my team. No way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you buy, you buy, you buy Troy Deeney, I I'll buy Olivier Giroud. How about that? <laughs> no, you 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 buy yourself there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chief, we know you're uh, you're a Newcastle fan, but um, how do you feel about cheering on rival teams um, in your FPL team? Now, probably you don't you you don't you're not influenced as much because um, it's only really Sunderland players that you'd be um, that you'd be avoiding. But um, how do you feel about that? So you know, I, as you know, I I speak with an accent that every person from the north east of England speaks like, so we all sound like this. <laughs> yeah, and, you sound um, exactly like I thought it was Anton Deck actually when you came on Chief um, the first time <laughs> yeah yeah. you must be wondering why do I sound like this and support Newcastle I mean one thing that has happened with FPL and my uh, affinity to Newcastle United is that if you want to really get into FPL your, your club affinity especially if that club is in the Premier League it gets diluted you almost you almost don't care how your club does if your FPL team does really well. I'm not I'm not you know I'm not I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to you know say something that doesn't sound right, but that's that's the truth for many. And in fact, for Newcastle United, it's not been a great you know last ten years for us, except for that uh, time in 11-12 when we finished fifth and actually did well with Pardew. But you know when your when your club team isn't doing that great, it doesn't really matter. It's almost as if you you become a lapsed fan of your actual club when you play FPL. Um, and there's been times when, you know, I've had a Sunderland player and, you know, Newcastle United are playing them. And, you know, we get hammered, you know, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, whatever. And my Sunderland player does well. Do I cheer that Sunderland player? No, I don't. Am I gutted that Newcastle have lost? Yes, I do. But then, hey, I've got a goal and... To assess, to assist in my FPL team. So, 
<laughs> you put it, put it, you put it, put it into perspective, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. But, I don't think I can say the same about how I feel about Liverpool and FPL. But everybody's different. That's what makes it so interesting. So tell us, Chief, what do you like best about the FPL community? What I like about the FPL community is the different personalities that make it up, and that you know, you've it, it's because it, it, in my mind, and I, I don't want to just pigeonhole it as the Twitter community, but I. For me, the FPL community is the FPL community on Twitter. But as we know, you know, we've got the FPL community on Reddit. We've got the FPL community on that very big FPL website that we all know about, but I won't mention here. Um, we've got people who are part of the FPL community, but they, you know, they're on WhatsApp. They or people who are part of the FPL community, but they're in their offices. Um, I like the fact how it's not a community; it's a set of communities and how we all have that same passion of aspiring towards a green arrow and how we're all willing to help each other to some extent. But it's ironic. There's no other communities or community that I can think of whereby we're all competing against each other, but we're all happy to help each other. Isn't that isn't that marvellous? And Chief, of course, one of the great things this season has actually been the whole Christmas Island thing, which which you you initiated, and it's um, it really took off to great success this season. Do you want to tell us about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, this season has been about many things, but probably the top thing has been Christmas Island. Um, how it all began was in the summer of 2017. As we know, it was a fallow year. For football championships, no no World Cup, no Euros. So I wanted to have a bit of fun um, during the preseason, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we all could almost, you know, support not only support but become part of one country in FPL? But you know, I didn't want to just pick some something random. I wanted the whole community to be engaged in this project and also to be a part of it. So I. I picked out some random countries and territories that are listed in FPL that you can actually select as part of a country league. And I literally set up an alternative World Cup, which was basically a Twitter poll, putting, you know, countries like the, you know, Falkland Islands, Gibraltar, um, Christmas Island, um, any any random territory that I could see. I just put put it in this Twitter poll and we had like a group stage. People voted and then the winner progressed to the semi-finals and then the final. And the, the country that progressed out of all of them was Christmas Island. Now, it's not a country, it's technically a territory. And I then pledged my allegiance to Christmas Island. And I said to everyone, look, you know, wouldn't it be great? We're, we're one community. We live in different places. Wouldn't it be great if we could, you know, embody being part of one entity by signing up to you know, Christmas Island, um, and almost as if, you know, it's solidarity within the community as well. And what happened was over the course of the summer, I literally, you know, any podcast I went on, any banner space I had, you know, I encouraged people to sign up to the Christmas Island League. And, you know, it was a bit of tongue in cheek, you know, it wasn't, it was just, just a bit of fun. And But the league itself, it expanded from 500 participants the previous season to over 1,500. And what was interesting is a lot of actual, you know, seasoned FPL managers joined the Christmas Island Country League. Um, and, you know, one of them, David Isaacs, who is actually doing really well in FPL right now, he's he's like, you know, 
he's up there, Christmas Island number one. And he's also, you know, really high up in the rankings. There's FPL Fly, there's FPL Poker, FPL Editor. You know, so many of these people who are seasoned FPL managers are part of this one country league. And, you know, God knows what they're thinking about at FPL Towers, you know, with you know disproportionately high, um, <laughs> you know, scores mm-hmm. for this country league. Yeah, you've totally thrown the statistics off for um, for where they're figuring out where they're marketing. The marketing people will be losing the rag with you, chief. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, and of course, there's a couple of um, there's a couple of seasoned FPL managers who are just doing their thing of keep propping up the table at the bottom of the table. Like there's an FPL Marple fella, and, and um, you know a couple of lads like that too. <laughs> Absolutely, but hey. Um, you know, it's you're, you're you're there for the wooden spoon race, so it's not the be all and all just yet. So but, the um, participation trophy I'm looking for, Chief, really. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, I'm, you can hold me to it. I'll, I'll try and find something for you. But um, <laughs> something I wanted to actually mention was that Christmas Island have a Twitter account. It's at CI Tourism on Twitter, and I, I encourage everyone to follow them. Um, we actually, you know, light in a light-hearted way, we actually engaged with the account and. Initially, there wasn't response there. But then surely, you know, they looked on Twitter and when they searched for Christmas Island, they just saw people talking about FPL. And then all of, all of a sudden they engaged with us to the point where I actually promised anyone who joined the Christmas Island League that the FPL manager who would be number one um, on Christmas Day would get a prize from me. And that was FPL Fly, our good friend who's gone through a lot recently, and um, he was duly rewarded with a prize. But what the Christmas Island Tourism Board did is they also sent our, our friend Mr. Fly some prizes as well. So, you know, that was really kind of them. And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't only that. In, in their in their actual um, fortnightly paper, they wrote about the FPL community. And you know, that really was, you know, above and beyond what I could have even comprehended, you know, that this project would have done. It was just a really... You know, pleasant and or nice surprise, I guess. Yeah, it's terrific. Sure, it's brilliant stuff. Um, thanks, Moon Chief. Um, yeah, welcome. the Christmas and, Christmas and Island thing has definitely been a it's been a phenomenon, and um, sure, hopefully we might keep it up year on year. It'd be great. Absolutely. You know, it's let's see what the future holds. But one thing I would like to say is, hopefully, there's there'll be an opportunity to buy official Christmas Island football shirts in the foreseeable future. And what mm. better way to support our lovely Christmas Islanders than to buy those shirts? And it's something that I'm definitely going to do. And um, I, I would say to everyone, you know, if, if you love Christmas Island, if you love you know, engaging with them, and if you want to buy a shirt, you know, watch this space. So, Chief, if you could pick one player, past or present for your FPL team, who would it be? Alan Shearer. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, look, Alan Shearer, he's like the all-time Premier League record goal scorer with 260 goals. And he'll probably have that record for a few more years before Harry Kane breaks it. But, you know, it has to be him just just purely for the fact of, you know, him being a Newcastle United legend, him scoring lots of goals. Um, so, yeah, it, it'd have to be Alan Shearer. I could have said something a bit more, um, shall we say, uh, classic, like, you know, George Best or... Pele or you know Maradona, but it has to be Alan Shearer. I think if, I, if it was a Newcastle player for me, it'd be Tino Asprilla. Yeah, I am um, Tino Asprilla. He's uh, 
He was, um, I saw a picture of him the last day, Tino, that apparently he was riding a horse dressed as a dinosaur around the field. <laughs> and um, it's all the, guy, the guy is the goat. But um, Chief, your next one is a nice short answer for you. Favourite meal and your favourite drink? Oh, I don't really have one. Um, but, you know, let, let's, let's, some, let's say I love fish and chips and my favourite drink, um, I love cream soda and it sounds a bit weird and a bit childlike but yeah <laughs> cream, that. cream soda is a bit oversweet for me uh. yeah, we all have a child in us chief we all have a child in us uh, yeah um chief if your house was on fire and you can only pick one item one non-living item what would you pick <laughs> it would be my it would be my mobile phone that contains my fpl team of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's standard. Uh, so, Chief, do you have any special skills? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just an ordinary pleb. No, I've got no extraordinary skills, unfortunately. And uh, what would be your favourite type of music, Chief? I don't listen to music. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really have I don't really have a favourite type. Okay. So, I'm, too, I'm too busy. I'm too busy playing FPL and Championship Manager to listen to music. You can quote me Fair on enough. that. Fair enough. So that final question, Chief, coming from the chef, is tell us one guilty pleasure you have and one bad habit you have. Ooh. Not sure how to answer that. Um Okay, my guilty pleasure is playing Championship Manager, and that's the old style games from 20 years ago. And my bad habit is that I'm addicted to FPL. But my name's Chief, and I'm addicted to FPL. That's my bad habit. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Chief, thank you very much for coming on, the three amigos. It was a pleasure getting to know you. You're welcome. And thank you very much for having me on the show. To that, I say to you, amigos, adios. And buenos dias. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.